Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Being a dad, as I said, has changed, changed me quite uh quite a lot but I also know as Father's Day I get to kind of remember my kids remember my dad and 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 be grateful to him send him a message this morning but I also know that it it might be a challenge for some of you and I do also know that some people find it difficult to go to Father's Day events such as church services and which I can appreciate for some of you here perhaps you're grieving the loss of a father you don't have him anymore around or perhaps you've got bad feelings or bad sentiment connected to your dad can I just say, and, and throughout uh, the service today, there'll be an opportunity to uh, be grateful for the aspects of fatherhood uh, that you can celebrate. And um, as a leadership, our prayer is that no one ever feels left out or um, uh, misses an opportunity to connect with God. But one great thing that our Heavenly Father has done for us is, is He has given us an idea of his goodness through the fathers in our communities and we can spend a lot of time uh, shouting out at dads or we can really lift them up and here's a shout out to all the good dads doing a great job working tirelessly continuously sacrificially day in day out week in week out Year in, year out, good on each of you. We can really see God clearly through good fathers. And when Jesus came into the world, he really did expand on the father-like nature of God. When we see Jesus talk, he refers to him as father in in every single time, exactly, every single time, except for one point when he's on the cross, where he says, my God, my God. Outside of that, you'll see Jesus reveal him of Father. Teach us to pray, Jesus. What does he say? Our Father. And so Jesus comes into the world to show us that the God that we serve is not some nebulous, distant, unknown God. He is a relational being who loves you, who's for you. And When God makes fellas, he puts in us certain things so that if and when we are enabled and gifted to be fathers, we can be strong fathers. We have a strong father in heaven, and I'm not just talking about muscular. Some of us are muscular, like Gary, very muscular indeed. Strong in so many different ways. And I want to talk to you this morning about strong fathers and there are three things in particular I want to draw attention to as um, as I believe God has designed for us for a strong father what are some things we can talk about well the first thing is that a strong father is a protector a strong father is a protector of the family And, and as we start I want to just draw our attention to a conversation that Paul the Apostle is having with a group of Christians at church at Corinth. And here in the, with these Christians, um, he's actually being pretty firm with them. Dads, we can be firm sometimes, can't we? 
Anyone know that their dads can be firm? Right, well, Paul the Apostle is being firm here. And I'm going to start from chapter 4 and verse 14. And I'm going to go all the way through to verse 21. Paul says, I don't write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you or warn you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. Paul in talking to some Christians, is being firm, and he really is being quite clear with them, wanting to protect them. If we can, let's turn our attention to the message version. This is what it says in the message. I'm not writing all this as a neighborhood scold just to make you feel rotten. I'm writing as a father to you, my children. I love you, and I want you to grow up well and not spoiled. Pay attention there. He's trying to protect them. He's trying to help them grow. Protection is not just against protection from physical pain. Protection in so many other ways. Perhaps it's relational. Perhaps it's uh, uh, emotional. Perhaps it's cultural. And here, Paul is calling himself a father and he's saying, "This is. I'm trying to protect you here so that you grow up the right way. It says, there are a lot of people around who can't wait to tell you what you've done wrong. But there aren't many fathers willing to take the time and effort to help you grow up. It was as Jesus helped me proclaim God's message to you that I became your father. So he's calling himself a spiritual father. Some of you are like spiritual fathers. You have fathered people over the years, perhaps even over the decades. And a father will know that often takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of sacrifice. You might even upset people as a dad. As a dad, I upset my kids when I'm just disciplining them. But in Hebrews, the writer to the Hebrews says that God corrects or he disciplines those that he loves. And if he doesn't do that, that would make us illegitimate children. So I can't despise when God corrects me as a father. And neither can my kids. The other day I told my little one, my three-year-old off. And she goes, Dad, you broke my heart. She's three. I just told her to pack her toys away. I broke her heart. Oh, my heavens. And growing up, my dad, there were times that my dad, um, he had to put his foot down as a father to protect us. I used to have it out with him sometimes when he didn't let me watch The Simpsons on TV. No, son, I'm not letting that into this house. At times he didn't like us watching too much TV. He's like, you're not watching that because he saw the interactions of The Simpsons of, of mom and dad with the kids and kids at school. And he didn't want, he, he didn't want those, culturals come, those cultures coming into our family. Remember that, mom? No, son, it's not going to happen. But dad, I'm 17. I wasn't 17. I was about seven or eight. All my mates at school wanted to watch The Simpsons. They wanted to be cool like Bart Simpson. And I wanted to talk to him about something at lunchtime. But I couldn't because I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. At times my dad would say, I'm sorry, son. I don't want you mixing with that crowd. It's not good for you. 
Why? My dad understood the biblical basis that bad company corrupts good character. And at the time, I did not like it. But I am so grateful now that I had a dad who was firm at times because he wanted to protect my heart at a stage of vulnerability. Any dads, you can, you're picking up what I'm putting down. Some of your dads, right? And, and one thing that we as dads are mandated to do is to have a spine, to be strong, and to not be jellybacks, and be weak, and be passive. God has made us in such a way that it should be, we should be just brushing off criticism or people-pleasing for the sake of what is right, for the protection of our families, for the protection of our kids. At times I thought my dad was overprotective. At times I'm sure my kids will think that I'm overprotective. But it's better to be overprotective and safe than unprotected and exposed. Dads, good on you for putting putting yourself out there and trying to protect your families. A good, strong father will be a protector of the family. Ephesians 6 and 4 says, Fathers, bring your children up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord, which means at times we are going to have to protect our kids from the world discipling our children. That's our responsibility. It's up to me as a father to protect. I mean, I've got three daughters. Three daughters. Oh, my giddy aunt. Three daughters. People say, have you got yourself a shotgun yet? No, that's illegal. Got nunchucks, though. I'm joking. I do have a samurai. No, I don't have a samurai, but Bunny has a samurai, and I'm going to borrow his. Just this last week. In fact, this was Thursday morning. I went into overprotective mode. My three-year-old was sitting on my bedroom floor trying on her mother's high heels. And as she's trying on her mother's high heel shoes, I said, Hope, they look beautiful. They look wonderful. She says, yes, Dad, but I'm not going to wear them now. I'm just trying them on. I'm going to wear them on my wedding day. I said, what, what's the, what was that, Hope? Yes, I'm going to wear them on my wedding day when I'm married to my husband. I start twitching when I, my three-year-old starts telling me about a wedding day. She says, yeah, Dad. I said, no, 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 no. We're not talking about that now, darling. She goes, no, I, I, it's for my husband. And she mentioned a certain person's name of who she's going to get married to. And I said, my darling, um, you're not getting married to any husband until I talk to this person first. They need to ask me permission to marry you. They need to request that from me. My three-year-old then says, Oh, Dad, please, oh, please, oh, please, can I have a husband? It's just a few days ago. This is just one, it's all in one week. Probably hearing the heightened tone in my voice, <laughs> my second child, Esther, is in the kitchen eating at the bench. 
she can hear my voice and she says, Hope, don't talk about that now. Because Esther knows, now's not the right time. Come back to me in 40 years and we can have that discussion. (laughs) I'm there to protect my kids. That's an important role for us dads. Another important role for us is to be providers for the family. We're called to provide. Verse 16, I urge you then be imitators of me. That is why I sent you Timothy. He's my beloved and faithful child in the Lord to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. So what was happening here? Paul is providing for his children in the faith, these immature Christians. He's providing for them what they need. And what do they need? They need an example. They need a model. Provision is not just about the provision of finances and resources, but that is an important part of providing. Fellas, it's an important part of our role to provide for our families. If you haven't got a job, go get a job. If you can't get a job, buy yourself a lawnmower and start cutting grass. Do something. Don't be picky. If you're getting offered a job to fry chips, go and do it. Contribute to the family. Help provide for your family. It's okay if your wife earns more. Fantastic. But you play a part in providing for your family. It's gotten quiet for some of you. 1 Timothy 5.8 talks about providing for your household. Now, it's not just about the money. Provision of what about wisdom? Dads, we're called, we're enabled to provide wisdom, to provide counsel, to provide insight. We are providers of insight. What about provision of a different perspective? God does gift us an ability to think a little bit differently. So don't be afraid to provide that counsel. At times, you might not have the most popular voice in your house, but God has given you a voice. Use it. What is the perspective? What is the godly counsel that he's put in, in, in inside of you? Articulate that. Dads, we have a mandate. We have a mandate to be providers of love and sacrifice and support. Love, sacrifice, and support. It's my opinion that dads uh, are not often appreciated for this. But there are dads that are, that are tireless, hardworking men providing for their families and are often in a society that does shout them down. But that should not stop us from sacrificing and supporting and loving. God has made us blokes in such a way that we can give and give and give and give and give and give and give. And so for me personally, when I get home at at about 5.30 in the evening, usually the kids are taken care of, usually they're they're bathed, usually they're eating their dinner or they're finished. But when I come home, my natural 
disposition is to just want to just relax and just flop on the couch and just tune out. Maybe catch on the news and sit. But I, I can do that. But if I've got a mandate to provide care and support and love and sacrifice in that home, it's go time, baby. It's go time. Now's not the time to unwind. So I've got a responsibility, okay, to be active with the kids, to help with them eat their dinner if they haven't eaten their dinner. Get in the shower if they're giving mum a hard time and they're dragging their feet in the mud. Okay, get them dressed. Let's get in a bed. Let's pray. Have you done your homework yet? I can check out at the door. I can. But I am a provider. That is how God has wired me. Young fellas, important. Learn this lesson and, and learn it good from a young age. This is an important thing to model to your kids as well. Really important. And then when the kids are in bed, then you can relax a little bit more. You can provide joy. Dads love telling jokes, don't they? You heard some of those bad jokes, which I thought were pretty good, actually. And... um. Dads can provide joy into the family. Here's, um, here's a quote. From Catherine Kearns from Kent State University in Ohio. What she's basically saying here is that dads who play with their kids help them develop better. Let's read this together. A child's ability to form close, trusting bonds with their dads early on in life could predict the quality of a child's social future when it came to friends and romance. I'll read, read again quickly ahead of that romance bit. Fathers who play with their children in a goofy and teasing way helped strengthen their bond with their child, which in turn helped the child develop. Isn't that interesting? It was also found that little gestures here and there, such as, a father leaning down to nuzzle his baby's neck with his chin were found to be signs of encouragement for a frustrated child. I love having uh, uh, fun with my kids, sometimes uh, a little bit too much fun, I think. Now, uh, I like to encourage singing in the home. A few years ago, I would do this with, with, with my kids. I would sing to them, and, and I, they couldn't communicate back to me unless they would do it in singing language right so at times I would be singing to Grace Grace you're looking beautiful today and she would sing back to me thank you dad and then Esther's there and she's like I don't want to play this game it's about two and a half three years ago so she's about three or four at the time Esther don't talk to your dad like that please dad I don't want to play I don't understand that unless you sing it to me Dad, I don't want to play this game. Have fun with them. Have fun with them. It's those memories that are made, those photos that are taken in their brain as they grow up, those moments of joy. <laughs> I remember another time, and Grace, uh, Grace used to sing in this high-pitched operatic voice. She's obviously been doing it all day. So I come home. Oh, Grace, you sound like an angel. You sound 
beautiful. <laughs> Next minute, out storms Kylie. She's obviously been hearing it all day. Grace, stop it with that singing. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't know. Sometimes too much joy. But creating moments of joy. Moments of joy with our kids. Here's a shout out to all you dads having fun with your kids. And here's a shout out to all you dads that are still involved with your kids. You could be an older dad and you're still actively involved in their lives. It's a really important thing. Here's another quote. This one's from the Canadian Journal of Behavioral Science. This basically says that fathers who actively raise their kids make smarter and better behaved children. Having a father present in a child's life was found to have a positive influence on a child's problem-solving abilities and a decrease in emotional problems such as sadness, social withdrawal, and anxiety. Furthermore, an absentee dad was actually found to be worse for girls. It was found that middle school girls with absent fathers experienced higher levels of emotional problems at school than other girls whose fathers were present in their lives. Dads? What are we saying? Never underestimate your role in the life of your kids. Never underestimate that. To be present. And think about this as well. In a sense, you are a priest to your family. You're called to be a protector of the family. You are called to be a provider for your family. You're also called to be a priest to your family. This is not to take away from the priesthood of all believers, but in a sense, you are God's representative his authority with your wife in that family setting. It's a really important thing. Let's read on. It says in verse 18 to 21, Some are arrogant as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you soon if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. Verse 20, important. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love and a spirit of gentleness? What's he doing? He's pointing to the importance of the kingdom of God, its power, and his role in showing and demonstrating that power. Dads, you are like priests in your family. You are representative of God in your home. What what does it mean to be like a priest, to be like a pastor, to be the person like the head of the home? Well, three things. A priest is present. A priest prays and a priest prophesies. You are present. Dads, as priests, you are present, not just being present, but to present Jesus. To present Jesus and be present. Some of you dads, you may not have as much time. You might never have as much access with your kids. But what you have, make it count. Be present with them. Also, to pray. To model what prayer is. To pray with your kids. Don't ignore that. Model that. Demonstrate that. As a dad, now, I pray different. I pray different. Since I've got kids, usually when I get up in the morning, I'll sit, I'll sit with the Lord and I'll just say nothing for a long time and I'll just kind of wait, listen to some worship music and I tend to first of all I pray for the family pray for the household I often go on to thank you father so much for my family Lord protect them keep them safe may they know your love may they share your love may they do all that you've called them to do may we experience peace and joy and life in the spirit these sorts of things I never used to pray like that 
Something happened. Something, something changed within. Now there is this innate stirring to protect and provide and be a priest to my family. And if I abdicate my responsibility from that, my kids will notice the difference because I want them to grow up in the ways of God. I really do. Men, we pray different. Hello? Women, often when we pray, ladies, it's, it's, this is, we talk about how we feel and our emotions are so... Men are like, Lord, I need $235 by Wednesday. Amen. We just do it different. Nothing wrong, nothing right. We just do it different. I noticed as soon as I got married, we started, Carly and I, started praying very differently when we're together. As a dad, we pray different. And that's okay. Whatever that is in your heart, dads, go for it. Talk to the Lord about it. If you're feeling sad, if you're lamenting, just pour your heart out. God prefers you to say something than nothing. Read through the book of Psalms. How many Psalms of lament? How much torture is David experiencing? He gets upset with God sometimes. You think God's, oh my goodness, David, I... I didn't know that about you. You're really upset. God's a big boy. He can handle that. If you're feeling rubbish, talk to him about it. Dads, whatever you're carrying, talk to him about it. Do something with it. He's a big boy. He can handle it. And you'll see by the end of, you see these Psalms, they'll pour their heart out. They'll be upset with God. But by the end of those Psalms, and yet I praise you. Thank you for being my carer, my lover of my soul. Thank you for being my protector. Shout out to all the dads. Out of praying. And what about prophesying? Very important. Speak life. That's all that is. Speak life over your family. Even when you are feeling as though you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death and you're feeling pressed on every side, on every angle. Dads, speak to yourself if you got it. One thing I learned from a friend, Tim, Tim Ross, years ago, he says he actively tries to every day speak life over his kids. And so I picked up on that when my kids were small. And so as I pray for my girls every day, I try and remember, thank you, Father, that they are caring, that they are kind. Thank you, Lord, that they are sweet and generous and humble and hardworking and strong. And thank you for each of them. And what am I doing? I'm thanking God for them. I'm speaking life into them. And the example came one time. We're uh, we're hopping off a plane. I think Grace was about uh, two years old. We were coming off a, a, a flight from Broken Hill, I think, to Adelaide. And as we got off the plane, um, the, the air hostess, as we're ushering people off the plane, said to Grace, oh, Grace, you're so, oh, she didn't use the name, oh, you're such a beautiful girl. And Grace says, yes, I know. <laughs> That's not an arrogant statement. It was just, yeah, I know. Because mum and dad have been speaking that over me for two years. Dad's. We have an authority that God has given us to declare and speak life, to be intentional with our words, to uplift and not tear down, to be kind and not careless. Will we make mistakes sometimes? Yes, you're going to make mistakes. I'll be the first to tell you I stuff up a lot. But i got to apologize a lot as well. And it's good for our kids to hear, dads say they're sorry. 
Sorry, kids, I got, I got a bit too angry there. I shouldn't have said that. Look, I didn't, un- I didn't understand whose fault it really was. Yeah, I got it wrong. Sorry about that. And so what's modeled to our children is not just humility, but that no matter what age you are, you're still learning. You can still make mistakes. And that you're never at the pinnacle to say that you're always right. It's got to be modeled. And it starts off at the head of the home. So presenting Jesus to, praying for and prophesying over my kids is my responsibility. And how does that happen? Well, we look at how our Father works in us. What does Jesus do? He says, in John 5, around about verse 19, he says, I only do what I see my Father doing. And we have that opportunity as believers. If we have His Spirit living inside of us, He's living within. We have an opportunity to see what our Heavenly Father is wanting to do and how to work. And the Spirit is constantly calling us to present Jesus and to pray for those under our care and even to prophesy over them. It's not something that needs to be so abstract. It's something that God is already showing us within because we have an amazing father already see a good father will always point to the good father a good father will always point to the good father there really is only one good father i've shared this with you a little while ago but i'll finish with this i remember one time I was in a worship service when we were back in Westchester Road. I didn't realize that I had this idea about God as a father. But in worship, I just, I was waiting, waiting on God. And I felt in this picture that Jesus t- took me by the hand. And it was like he took me to heaven. It was a really strange picture. I, I, at this point, I didn't get many of them. But he took me a number of years ago in this picture. And I, as I got to the throne room, it was like he said, come around and have a look. I came around to have a look and I saw Father God sitting on a throne. And it was as though Jesus was saying, come, come to the Father. Come to Him. And in the image that I had, it was my heart saying, no, I can't do that. I don't want to. And I was, I was hiding around the corner. It was like I was scared of God the Father. I came out of that picture that I saw and what worried me was the fact that I didn't feel that I had confidence to come to the throne room of grace. I said, what is that about, Lord? And I felt like Holy Spirit say, you have fear of your heavenly Father, but there is no need for it. And the Lord showed me that in my heart, I had created a God in my own image, a flawed image of my heavenly Father who was there to love me and embrace me, and He was calling me to Him. But my own experiences, my own inadequacies, my own insecurities was getting in the way. From that moment on, I had to make a decision that I let God tell me who he was, not the other way around, because he is a good father. We sing about it, and on Father's Day, it would be remiss for us to not consider he really is a good father. This morning, we're going to finish with communion. And I want us to think about 
the good father, the amazing father that we have. And perhaps you're here this morning, not sure what your experience is of fatherhood, be it you as a father or you having a father, but I want you to know something. Ultimately, there is one good father and he's calling for you to come to him. He's saying, come to me. I'm not angry with you. My son has paid the price. I'm for you. I want to know you. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.